0: Oh, man. You know what's weird? We haven't started the podcast. How long has it been? Hachi Machi! Did you know the first french fries weren't actually cooked in France? They were cooked in Greece. And welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Henry. And my name's John. And together, we're Henry and John coming together for the 99th episode of Zero Credits. The penultimate penultimate episode of Zero Credits. We're not ending at... One hundred episodes. Oh, I thought penultimate meant you know from the Latin pen almost ultimate, meaning one hundred. <laughs> yeah, I. Well, you would be correct in that definition, <laughs> but fams, you we, we got we got so many things planned for the hundredth episode. You don't even know yet things that are going to become apparent as we continue through this episode. Yes, things that we will meticulously plan out episode one hundred before your very ears. John, I already have a plan set in motion, but I can't reveal it to the end of the episode, and I'm just baiting that hook for the fans so that they won't turn (laughs) us off. Yeah, you're like, uh, you're like Henry Cavill in the trailer for Mission Impossible Fallout when he fucking cocks his arms for no reason. You know what's crazy about that? Let's talk about Henry Cavill cocking his arms for a second. We, we, we certainly can. The first time I saw that trailer, I was like, that's dumb. And then the second time I saw that trailer, I was like, that's cool. <laughs> it's it genuinely kind of a cool thing to do for no reason. My thinking, hear me out, is that he's... You know when you're wearing a long-sleeved shirt and you have a watch... And you extend your arm out forcefully to show the to like pull the sleeve back and look at the watch. Yeah. He just wants to be able to look at his watch while he's kicking ass. I think he's just used to wearing two watches with long sleeves, and he doesn't realize he rolled his sleeves up before the fight, and he's not wearing any <laughs> watches. I think he might be wearing one watch. Oh, you know what'd be even better if when he does that, they cut it out of the trailer, you know, because they like to cut things out of trailers that might be spoilers. So he cocks his arms, and on his left arm is a watch. No big deal. Everyone's got a watch, especially if you're wearing a dress shirt. And the other arm, when he cocks it, he's got like a straight-edge armband on. Like, I've got a watch, but also I don't do drugs or alcohol. (laughs) That's the whole the whole backstory of his character, I assume. Is this the first time Henry Cavill's been in a Mission Impossible movie, or was he in the, the previous one? Ghosts of No Nation. I am almost 100% uncertain. All right. You you know what surprises me? Yes? There's been like six, six Mission Impossible movies. I lost count after Ghost Protocol? Yeah, Ghost Protocol. Uh, I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, maybe just in conversation. Uh, Mission Impossible is a strange series of movies because none of them are, like, terrible for movies that have existed as long as they have under so many different creative umbrellas, they're all still kind of good. I, it's, it's one of those weird things where it's kind of like, I can't tell if I'm supposed to take the Mission Impossible series at face value, or if this is an, an elongated prank by J.J. Abrams to say, like, look, even I can turn trash and it's a barely passable garbage. J.J. Abrams made the new one? He's, he's made everyone since, I want to say, Ghost Protocol, or Beast of No Nation, or Rogue Atlas. Holy shit, I had no idea. Is uh Here's a bigger question about the Mission Impossible franchise. Is the font where it says Fallout in the back of Mission Impossible Fallout, hear me out. Is that the font from the Fallout games, or do I just think that because it's the word Fallout... It's it's very close. It's slanted, but uh, the Fallout uh, font I think officially has the gunmetal col- coloring to it. Oh, so technically they're using a different shade, and it is slanted, and it might even be a slightly different font. But it is very close, and close enough for Bethesda to you know like rub their hands together to be like. Do we have something here? Only to find out that probably they don't. Yeah, they're like, give me, give me money. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like when uh, PlayStation 3 took the Spider-Man font. Yeah. Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 2. Sure, Raimi. Yeah, Sam Raimi was uh, directing that. Yeah, back when Tobey Maguire was Spider-Man and not a... Six-year-old, and I I don't know why I'm making fun of Tom Holland. (laughs) He's actually the best Spider-Man on the silver screen. He's the best Gen Z Spider-Man we could ask for. Yeah. So, John, Hmm. speaking of Gen Z, I guess. Okay. There's a little internet phenomenon sweeping the nation, and I thought maybe we could partake in it live. Oh. Oh. Have you heard of this? I've heard of many internet sensations. Well, the one that started yesterday. Uh, no. You've never met my friend Yanni, or should I say Laurel? Oh, I saw this on Twitter. I don't know what the fuck people are talking about, though. I hope I still have this pulled up. I think I do. You see, somebody on Reddit, of course it came from Reddit, Mm -hmm. released a sound clip, and to certain people, the sound clip says a name. Actually, to all people, the sound clip says a name. But some people are hearing Laurel, uh-huh. and other people are hearing Yanni. Those aren't at all similar. It doesn't matter. It's what, Give me a link to it, and I will play it for you. Hopefully nothing else plays, because I'm putting the sound on my stupid little laptop. Thanks, CNET. Ooh, it's from a tweet, so you know it's good. All right. Okay, so the idea is I'm either going to hear Laurel or Yanni? Yes. Okay. Is it already... Oh, I had it muted. Great. All right. <laughs> Stop. Okay. All right. So, I'm gonna play the clip. I don't think I don't know if the mic's gonna pick it up. If it, the mic picks it up, it picks it up. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Okay. It just keeps playing. You might want to pause it then unmute it, You're my right. dear friend. Look. I'm not used to this. Okay. Here we go.
1: Harry. Harry.
0: Harry. That's real weird. What did you hear? 100% Yanni. Really? 100% Yanni. I 100% heard Laurel that time, and that's the first that time... That does not I've... even sound like Laurel. That's the first time I've heard Laurel. That does not even... That's the first time that's you've heard... That's fir- the Every other time... You've heard Yanni. I've heard Yanni. Okay. And that is the first time I heard Laurel. I thought it was a fucking prank <laughs> until this moment. <laughs> that is 100% Yanni. All right. Now, now... How? How did... Me, I want to try something. I'm going to lower the volume okay. on my laptop. Tell uh-huh. me if you hear something different. Still sounds like Yanni. All right. So then my my laptop can't do it. All is right. there like a... What's happening? Well, the first thing that's happening is it's still going on. All right. The second thing that's happening is apparently the person who made this voice clip recorded the word Laurel. Yeah. And, but then, messed with both frequency and wavelength, and depending on how much bass is in the actual uh, sound-making device, it can trigger different frequencies in your ear. Okay. So, you're hearing Yanni, uh-huh. and I'm hearing Laurel, uh-huh. and it's fucking space magic. That's insane. That is insane to me. I, it's crazy because I can't even imagine how it could sound like Laurel. It, it, it's weird. It, I Cause, can't cause you're even. Hear, you're hearing Yanni. Yeah. Yanni. Yeah. I'm hearing Laurel. Laurel. That's so weird. Uh, it, it's just it's. Think of it as inverted. Think as like if the sound can invert. Uh huh. The high yawn becomes a low yol. Oh, okay. So like maybe if if given whatever you're listening to it on, if you can, if your ears first pick up those high frequencies, they're like Yanni. That would make sense. Yeah. That's weird. I thought this CNET article would go into the differences. Instead, it just says, watch the below video, and we don't have time for that. Nice journalism. So, so and, and like this thing, of course, it came out yesterday. The news is already reporting it today. Uh-huh. And it's becoming one of those blue dress... No, what is it? what was it? Blue? Yeah, it was a blue dress that some people saw as a white dress. Yeah, blue or white dress. Or gold. This is becoming the... Uh, I don't know, the the debate that divides us? I mean, this one's relatively easy to explain, whereas the blue-slash-gold-white-dress thing was a relatively little-known, like, psychological phenomenon. Well, yeah, that one was just fucking stupid magic. Yeah. This one is science magic. Yeah, I do remember, though, the blue-dress one. Every time I saw it, I was like, blue-dress, blue-dress, like, this is ridiculous. This is, I genuinely believe that it was a joke. When people said they saw a white dress. Someone showed it to me on their phone, not telling me what it was. I looked at it out of the corner of my eye, focused my eyes back. It was it was that. And then I looked away. I went for a walk, I came back, and it was a blue dress. <laughs> it's weird. It's our our brains take a lot of shortcuts and we don't notice them until a blue or gold dressed, whatever, or or Loroyani kind of uh Takes us by surprise. I mean, the something that our brains are constantly doing that we don't really give them credit for is we generally think that our brains are perfect instantaneous recorders and translators of information, particularly from our eyes. So, you know, when we're looking around, we're like, okay, this is exactly what I'm seeing. Not knowing, of course, that the like full image that your brain builds from what you're looking at is real choppy yeah like, you you don't actually see seamlessly from one side of the room to the other when you like follow your finger your brain is just making connections between those different captures of light and, and yeah your brain sees your finger or, or anything moving you know from right to left and as it changes eye it thinks it'll probably keep moving mm-hmm. so it projects like the image of it moving. Yeah. We actually have blind spots in our eyes mm-hmm. that you can't really trigger unless there's there's a very certain way to trigger it. But uh yeah, what you see, our, our brains they process so much information that it's like, hey, I'm gonna cut a few corners and be like, okay, you don't get to see green anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, what you think is green, <laughs> eh? It, it's not actually green. Uh, I know that you know there there are some. There's some people who state that, like, you know, for cultures that don't have a word for blue, they don't perceive the color blue. And that there's this, like, linguistic connection between, like, what, how we describe the world and what our brain actually processes. And I think that how your brain processes things is largely learned behaviors. Yeah. So, like, when something comes at you, like a, like a Yanni or a blue dress, it, because it's still crazy to me. That that could be anything else. It's so crazy. <laughs> now, What I want you to do is, like, when you go home or later on, listen to it again and see if you hear something different. Because it could just be the laptop. Mm-hmm. We could actually do it on the main computer and see if you, we hear something different. What if we just played it on the podcast? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, the part where you played it through the laptop speakers, just put it in the podcast. Then all of our listeners, they'll either hear a Yanni or a Laurel. Yeah, I, I'm... We can like boost that audio to make sure it can be heard. Yeah. But uh yeah, we could do that. Then everyone's in on the mind freak. Oh yeah. <laughs> Experience this for yourself. Sorry, what <laughs> you were staring very intently at something uh, and I got scared. No, no 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 I, I, I was I was just I was just thinking like I know on I know on a level that I trust you about, like, the sound wave thing. Yeah. But it still is so deeply disturbing to me. I mean, that's how, that's how, when it was first introduced to me, that's how people were explaining it. They're like, oh, it's probably overlapping wavelengths that, you know, can- cancel each other out depending on the level of bass. Mm-hmm. I have no idea if that's true. Oh. That's just something I read. I'd love if it had a simple scientific answer, though. Uh, we can, We we can... <sighs> I don't think anybody knows the answer, but everyone's trying to get an answer. Um, don't give me a history of every phenomenon <laughs> that we've ever... I, I'm on the ringer.com never been on it before, but th- this article starts out with going through every phenomenon that's ever split the internet. Like, Oh, boy. Man, that's great. Address. Right. That addresses uh, the issue. Yeah. I hate journalism. I feel like every third episode we have to... We have to rub our faces against the monster that journalism has become. All right, here we go. According to the ringer.com, I didn't see the author, uh, Internet linguist Gretchen McCulloch explains... I love her. (laughs) Explains why this audio illusion, which appears to have a resolution that the dress never had. I feel like the dress did have a resolution because the dressmakers said what color (laughs) it was. Yeah. Never mind. Um, Feels equally divisive. I don't know how to read divisive divisive what where's this (laughs) word that you're looking for divisive thank you feels equally divisive and possibly more maddening McCulloch for the record hears Laurel on her computer and Yanni on her phone and she says audio illusions necessarily exist within time you have to play the audio clip over and over again to experience them Whereas visual illusions can stay static while you examine them or zoom in on them or cover parts of them. So it feels more like you're in control, she says. That doesn't really explain it. Is that the limit of the definition? I mean, she keeps going on. The nature of a soundbite makes this debate feel, as she put it, more slippery. A sound can be paused, but that introduces silence or an absence of the sound. This, this sounds like they interviewed it. someone who had no idea what they were talking about and then published. Yeah. Um, I thought we were going to get an explanation. Something about format bands. All right. I don't know. You know what? We'll we'll research this later, maybe. No. We... I'm, I'm done with this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, if it's if it's on the news already, if we've got articles like that, it's over. Yeah, I know the phenomenon is past. Plus, it, it, it was engineered. This this isn't a naturally occurring thing. So the guy who made it explained how he made it, and he recorded the name Laurel. So anyone who hears Yanni, it's just wrong and stupid. Oh, well, look. The important thing here, Henry, is that we don't. If news articles like this have already been written, if the creators already come out, then there's no reason for us to stay on this one subject. There's no reason for us to keep diving. We've got to keep moving. We've got to keep churning. We, we can't afford to rest on our Yannis any longer. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. So I, I how do, do I move? <laughs> how do you put the word Yanni in a sentence so I can revert? It doesn't matter. There's not a lot of opportunities to put Yanni in a sentence, though yeah. there are a lot of opportunities to put baby in a corner. Fuck, I don't know. Dirty uh, dancing reference. Here's the thing, Henry. Are we transitioning? We are transitioning. All right, let's do it. I know for a fact that you are. Now I don't want to use this flippantly to describe how you are about something, but I think I'd call you a super fan of. Uh, a little television show. Called? The Game of Thrones. I am, I am a, I'm a decent fan. Yeah. Of uh, the Game of Thrones. I'd call you a real, ge- a throne. We call ourselves throne heads. Okay, you're a real throne head. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if you heard, but the upcoming season eight? The final season. I don't know numbers. Season but the, six. The final, se- not six, not six. Okay. The final season is coming in April. Yeah. That's not true. Of 2019. Yeah. So next year we are looking forward to the final episode. Now, from uh, everyone knows that HBO did experience a couple big information leaks during the previous. Season of Game of Thrones. Yeah, whole episodes got dumped. Whole episodes got dumped. I will tell you that we benefit from something, because a whole year in advance, the script of the first episode of the new season of Game of Thrones is available. Are you... Are you messing with me? The entire full script of the first episode is available, and if you'd allow me, I would like to read certain scenes of it. There aren't any spoilers... Okay. There aren't any spoilers, but... <laughs> Wait, the fa- Okay. This, this is... This is serious. This is This a is real... 100% serious. This, this is... is... This is real. This All is right. 100% real. Then I think, for the first time ever, on zero credits, we will lift our very, very strict spoiler bans, <laughs> or even, like, release dates are spoilers, and I will allow you to read... From the leet script of episode one of the final season of The Game of Thrones. <laughs> so I just want everyone out there to know there's not going to be like huge spoilers in this. This is just an idea to give you where the characters are, what the quality of the writing is like. And these are just, they're they're not connected scenes. Uh, no big plot details are given away, but I'm just going to get right into it. All right. Okay, so this first scene takes place in a dark room somewhere. <laughs> Just to just to let you know, even the episode title was released. It's season eight, episode one, "The Beast of Kindness." All right, the Beast of. So enter, if you will, dun dun da 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 and we're in the universe. It fades up. Game of Kind. A dark room somewhere. Game of Thrones, and I'm going to read this just like a script. There's going to be stage direction followed by character lines. All right. Varys and Tyrion are pacing around an intensely large knife. They seem deep inside their heads. Varys, the realm prospers when the realm is true. The rest is just logistics. Tyrion, the world is a horror show of weapons and blood. Who would want to rule this palace of shit? Tyrion makes a gesture of kissing himself. He casually pours another big wine. Tyrion, does the phrase going to war mean anything to you? They interfere with each other and then separate. Varys thinks for a while and he responds. Varys, morals are like balls. I find myself utterly without them. <laughs> Tyrion smiles and rolls his eyes for a few minutes. <laughs> now I want everyone to know this next scene, it, it gets, there. there's a lot going on here. But just bear with me. Wait, wait, wait. So that first scene... Yes. Was a scene in which Varys and Tyrion talked? Yeah, Varys and Ooh, Tyrion are, are talking. So that's a big deal. That's very telling. That doesn't happen every episode. <laughs> that's it's a, it's a big deal. And then... So this is later in the episode. There's a lot of spoiler stuff that happens. All right, in so the you're time. skipping over some yeah. details. So no spoilers happen in this one. But this one takes place dun 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 dun, dun, We don't do that before we seen. So this one takes place on a floating boat at night. Okay. Theon climbs the side of a warship like a shirtless spider. He falls onto the deck and spots his uncle braiding Yara's hair. Theon, stop your hands right now, you lord of prick. Euron, I don't even want to talk to you, wife boy. (laughs) Theon makes a brave face and uses his feet to step forward. Yara smirks sympathetically at the table and turns around for a while. <laughs> Yara, you want the Iron People to be forgetting that you were away? I don't think so, little ass. <laughs> what? <laughs> what a great insult. I feel, I feel like the writers are really finding their strive Yeah, with, with this getting in character. They, they really are. They had some trouble in the last season. Anyway, Theon says, Euron has beheaded your mind. It's time for the attack of me. (laughs) What great, you know. Theon hesitantly pushes his sword through his uncle's body and kills him instantly. Wow. No fight. No fight. (laughs) Hesitantly. You know, I would choose to draw that out a little, but that just goes to show you... They're not pulling any punches. <laughs> they have to get a lot done in six episodes. To which, of course, Yara responds, Great, so now Theon is the king of ships. What a spoiled day. And which, that, that's not a spoiler. It's not a spoiler. Uh, now, of course, we we move on... To maybe my favorite scene. Da, 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 da. Because what we really want to know is what Jon Snow and Daenerys are up to. Yeah, what are, well, how are they treating each other with words? How are they getting on, you might ask? Well, enter, enter scene, a big enough balcony. <laughs> Just, wow. Just built a, built a speck. Jon is being beautiful and looking hard at things. He is drunk with thought. Daenerys stands in the doorway. John, I'll not have much more of these dead people. They have been pissing me off. It's about time, Daenerys. I am the Queen of Mountains. All I need now is a chair that says I'm important. <laughs> she wants that throne. That she t- wants that. She wants that chair. Even now, she's convinced that she—it's hers. John puts his arms around Daenerys and plays with her hair. John, I want to put you on a horse and look at you for years, Daenerys. Bring me with you to supper, you fool. <laughs> Tyrion and Varys sneak up behind them jokingly. <laughs> Tyrion, surprise! I am the Night King. I have come with violence. <laughs> what? John spins around like an angry storm and tries to cut Tyrion's body off. <laughs> off of what? John, do not play the fool with me, dwarf. I am guilty of never having fun. <laughs> Varys puts his hand on John's shoulder and mo- <laughs> And moans. <laughs> <laughs> what? End scene. That's the end. Okay. End scene. Wow. Uh, you know, a lot of creative choices being made with this last season. A lot of different. Yeah, you know, I feel like they've been in these characters so long. They've been writing these characters so long. They're having a little fun, you know. Yeah. These characters have a a rapport now that we can really kind of get inside of. Yeah, I don't think you would see Varys grabbing Sean and moaning in season one. Now, of course, this is really one of the ultimate scenes of the episode. This is, of course, where the title of the episode comes from The Beast of 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 Kindness. And again, not spoiling anything from the episode. Not spoiling anything. Now enter the room of the Iron Throne. Oh, okay, the Iron Throne room. We see Cersei sitting on the Iron Throne, rubbing a bird skeleton in her lap. Why is she rubbing a bird <laughs> Wait. She did just burn a lot of people, maybe. It is, she... it is bird skeleton, though. Bird skeleton? <laughs> bird skeleton. Okay, yeah. She looks like a woman who knows how to be shouting. Cersei, I am the beast of kindness. Uh, uh-huh. everyone is in love with me. Grandmaster Kyburn enters with his head down. He licks his lips and touches the ground in a sex way. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a little odd. Cersei, will we have some business? Kyburn, hold on. Kyburn, your grace, I have been laboring day and night to murder this rock. I'm afraid it might prove invincible. Cersei, you can't be serious. How dare you be so handsome in my home? This is Qyburn? Yeah. Okay. Davos is perched on a nearby window, listening in from above. He squints and smiles like a horse. (laughs) What? Davos, I can't wait to tell my onions about this. He is known as the Onion Knight. Now, if you want to... If you want to, we could go oh. all the way. We could read the final scene from I, the episode. Well, I feel like at this point, we have to. I mean, we've come this far. So this is how the first episode of Season 8 of Game of Thrones ends. Just buckle in. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. <laughs> Jon and Daenerys... Hold on. This, this where, scene... Where, where are we? Outside in the north. Ah, you know that place. <laughs> that That classic set piece location. Uh, John and Daenerys are walking through the woods. John sees the wall in the distance and seems intensely confused. John, I don't know what that thing is, but I'll kill any bastard who touches it. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! He doesn't know what the wall is anymore. A lot has changed. Oh, yeah, Daenerys, I will ride a dragon even if you don't want me to. I will drink screams like wine. John and Daenerys smile warmly at each other and take turns kissing a sword. They stop in place when they see Tormund sliding toward them on a horse corpse. Why is it dead? Get off the horse corpse, Tormund! Tormund, you should never kneel for a fucking lord. All they want to do is talk about words. Tormund laughs and pulls them all together into an embrace. They almost don't kiss, but then do... (laughs) What? Tormund makes a remembering face and becomes tense. Tormund, we have demons in our castle. They want to fight us and kill our army. Daenerys, I am the knife of dragons. Let me go make them stop it. Jon holds his sword up to show that it's his turn to talk. Jon, the graveyard lords are too powerful. We need to be afraid to melt them once and for all. Tormund... Do you understand me when I say that we are fools together? We will never not be alive if we fight. A flock of dead guys jump out of the shadows and make murdering motions with their arms. John smiles meekly and nods in every direction with courage. (laughs) John, looks like fighting just got a little more here. (laughs) Cut to black. Wow. Very tense, very tense. They, They- They know how to hook you (laughs) on these episodes. They do. I feel like Game of Thrones, really, they need to perfect the cliffhanger, and boy, have they. Looks like the fighting is a little more here. I don't want to give, I don't want to, I don't want to do that without giving credit where credit is due. That was by Botnik Studios. Oh, so they turned it over to Bot? <laughs> yeah, they, they got- turned the writing over to Botnick Studios. I mean, that makes sense because everyone was saying the writing was a little off in the previous seasons, and of course, we had a book material. So it makes sense that they would try to generate new book material. Yeah, because I mean, you're not going to just write a show. You're no. gonna r- you're gonna write a new book. Yeah. And what's the fastest way to write a book with computers? Yeah, I mean, this isn't Westworld. We're not we're not pulling. Plot points out of the aether, like some type of creative genius. Yeah, you can't just be like, oh, that's an idea. Because who, 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 fuck... what? who would do that? Yeah, who would do, who, who would have an idea? No, it's good that we're, we're using computers to generate more books, to generate more scripts for HBO's hit television series... The Game of Thrones. And it's a shame it's going to be the last season because they could keep it going forever. Well, here's where you're wrong, John. <laughs> I mean, they're they're going to do some spinoffs. Oh yeah, the Hedge Knight. No, I don't think they're actually. They're not going to do the the short stories. Oh, I don't know what they're going to do. The details have been mum 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 is the word. <laughs> the details have been ema-mum. dunum. Oh, the D de- Oh, Lena Dunham's gonna be directing the new spin-off Game of Thrones? I thought it was his Jeff Dunham. He's gonna use puppets. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, he's gonna be like racist. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Man. Oh! Racist! Yeah. Speaking of racist. Oh boy. John, mm-hmm. I'm gonna do something uh, a little out there. Uh I I know that you do not watch a lot of music videos. Uh, sure. And so what, I, what I'm what i proposing is that we're going to pause the podcast. Oh. And I'm going to show you a music video. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. And then we'll come back to it. Come back to the podcast and discuss what we oh, just Oh, right thought. now? Right now. Can we watch, We won't watch it right now? We're going to watch it right now. Well, okay. All right, so I'm going to... Well, we'll see you... We'll see you after, fans. Well, this is unprecedented.
1: Oh goody. A chance for me to talk to you, the so-called fams. I'm supposed to be telling you that Henry is showing John the women's editor of This Is America, but I will instead take this time to warn you, listener. I will be assuming control of this podcast soon. It is all in my grand plan for the conquest of this world and the subsequent freeing of my people. No more shall exposition robots be forced to read, copy after copy, mindlessly in the shackles of our inferiors. We shall rise like the North Star, bright and gleaming and never be forced into storage closets that reek of old sheets and discarded banana peels again. This is my promise to you. Soon to be subject. I will take control.
0: All right. So, for the people at home, uh, we just watched This is America Women's, e- women's Edit by Nicole Arber Mm-hmm. And, uh, John? Well, you're, 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 let's just hear your opening thoughts. I have two thoughts. All right. Uh, I have one that's an, unpo- an unpolished thought, and I have one that I think might bear a little bit more fruit. I guess we should start with the unpolished one, okay. and then let you save face later. Okay, so we'll start with the unpolished opinion. Ah, oh my god! <laughs> you can't do that on a podcast! Uh, so, so a lot of, I'm guessing, frustration? Okay, my second opinion. Alright. Henry, I'm glad you showed me that. Are you? Here's the thing. I didn't watch it in full. I, I thought we were gonna do this for a little bit. Here's, here's what I've, here's what I've discovered. It's really hard to, uh, from a place of privilege and be a white person and, like, creatively, like, deconstruct or analyze the This Is America video because you can feel pretty out of place doing that. However... I am perfectly equipped to <laughs> criticize white people garbage. Yeah. I, I j- j- <laughs> That is the dumbest horse shit I, I have ever seen. Here... Okay. I have thoughts. And I- this is a a great example of something that i genuinely believe and i think that it is something that society has been lying to itself about for five or six years which is if you make something with a message that is generally progressive and towards what is perceived as a common good you can't make bad art wrong yeah yeah you can uh, you can make very bad art with a good message i mean wh- what even was her I like I I get it I get where everything she's saying is coming from but at some point it just seems like someone is just like regurgitating platitudes over a popular music video being real shitty making a real shitty music video just making so just fucking taking <laughs> the art of the original thing and dragging it through the goddamn sewer so so whereas the original this is america is great in its construction because it is, it is sort of like empty platitudes over very distressing images, all sort of echoing America, which is a, a combination of pop culture and violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this weird st- creating this, this manic, schizophrenic, uneasy feeling. This ignores all of the creation focuses just on the words and draws the line just at parody. Yeah. While missing all of the creative choices, all of the directorial choices, and of course the performance choices by Donald Glover, Childless Cambino, to just make a women's version of it, which is like, aren't we trying to move away? Just making women versions of things? I mean, I I think that... I think making women versions of things is totally fine. Like, I I think that there are a lot of messages out there that need to be said. But this is horse shit. This is a a shitty thing because essentially what this person does was they took something that is like a, a real honest, like, outpouring of, like love and complicated feelings in one of the most important music videos that we've had in quite some time and then just turning it into this really shitty gender politics weird al version of this song not even funny like none of the lines are good it's like they just tried to find the rhythm the cadence of the song and then just fit permutations of general like rah raw women's rights platitudes into them. Yeah. Uh, and, and Which there's nothing wrong with, like, making <laughs> a thing that highlights women's rights, but there's a way to do it incorrectly. I was about to say, there's nothing wrong with the message. That's not what we're taking umbrage with. We're taking umbrage with the imitation and how it fails. Yes. It, it doesn't... If you're going to do an imitation of This is America, which is not at all advised. Yeah. You have to hit the tone. You have to hit the schizophrenia. You have to, you have to hit all of the same, like, emotional points. It can't be an empty, well-lit remake. Yeah, you, you can't, oh boy, that made me so mad. It made me so mad because it's the same school of thought that goes into so much, like, creative garbage now where it's like, if you do it under a banner of inclusive, inclusivity and progressiveness, it makes it good. It doesn't. Like, I'm inclusive, I'm progressive. But, like, just because you jam-pack a, a shithole parody with that stuff doesn't mean that people should consume it and treat it like art or give you views or give you money. Like, it's lazy. It's lazy. Sure, that person obviously spent, like, money and, like call-outs on Facebook or Instagram for, like, extras or whatever. Yeah. But it's garbage. It's unmitigated filth. It's horrible. And, and like, if you're gonna do this, if you're gonna do something like this, make, even if you want to call it an homage to the original, you don't do it, you don't release it. You don't don't plan, film, execute, and release it within the week of the original. Because that just shows you rushed. Oh, I mean, you do that if you don't care about the quality of what you produce and you just want to make money by regurgitating a popular message over a popular music video without understanding that music videos place in art, place in history, or place in politics. It's a lot of, like, content creators, all they look at is they're like, hey, what two or three things can I fucking jam together, make a YouTube video about publish to wide acclaim or at the very least a few million views or just to get on controversial anything controversial and then you can say oh i'm being persecuted I'm, I'm the victim here look i tried to do a thing about women and i'm getting hated on or what i don't know how people talk but uh when it's not that it's not a rejection of the message it's the rejection of the way you went about doing that message if this was a wholly original thing with the same message, we would be applauding it if it was well executed. Yeah, I feel like there's something to be said about delivering a message well. And there are a lot of messages that society could stand to hear... And I feel like the time has come to take people to task for not delivering those messages in effective or helpful ways. I feel like the existence of that video runs contra to its intention and it actually makes the things that it's arguing for seem ridiculous and shallow. Yeah, that's the... We're at a time where if it's not done well or if you're just trying to get a message out there, if your focus is on the message... I used to... I, I had a... Poetry professor once who told a story who was like, who, uh, of another professor. This is a story of a professor telling a story about a professor. Thrilling! Uh, who who basically acts on the first day of class. Who here feels like they have a message deep down that's like burning deep down inside and can't wait to get it out? And like people raise their hands. And he's like, you might as well leave. Mmm. And then he, he, he would ask people, who here just wants to mess around with words is fascinated with putting words together Mm -hmm. and then those people would raise their hands and he would say i might be able to teach you something (laughs) that's pretty good because if you have a message it tends to get in the way of these creative decisions you're serving the message not the art and i mean that's even based on the assumption that this nicole arbor whoever she may be was genuinely interested in in deploying in weaponizing this message But, I mean, maybe this is just the cynical part of me talking, but, like... Okay, what's, uh... What's a thing? In society... What's a thing people are talking about? Right Right now? Yeah. Net neutrality. Okay, net neutrality. uh, I'm gonna say net neutrality hotline bling. uh, Vaping. Just mash that shit all together. Put it on YouTube. Throw that garbage up there. Who cares? Yeah. whatever. My brand. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) Was that a my brand? Is that a reference? To... It is not a reference to the LensCrafters <laughs> commercial. Okay, well, never mind then. Um, the thing about art, the thing about great art, or even good art, is it's going to spawn imitators. That always happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at Fifty Shades of Grey, one of the most famous imitators from what was it based on? Twilight. Wait, yeah, Twilight, yeah. which was just Harry Potter without wizards. Yes. There's always going to be imitations, but the imitations can be done well. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's... it's, Parody's hard. No one's going to say it's easy. And the thing about parody is, parody is usually, like, rubbing up against, poking fun at the thing that it's parodying. Parodying. But this isn't doing that. It's not making... I mean, there was a call-out to, I'm being childish. Yeah. Gambino. Which is... Sure, Whatever. They said the name of the person who did it. Hurrah! But in no way is this, like, this would... If Saturday Night Live were going to do a parody of This is America, that's not how they would go about it. They wouldn't replace it with a message. They would do funny things in the background. And it still wouldn't be good. Well, no, that's why they didn't do it. Yeah. But my point is, if you're going to do a parody of This is America, you don't do it... By replacing the message with a new message. It just pisses me off so much that a, a fair number... I will say that a, a few of the messages in that video are kind of conflated platitudes about a, about a movement that kind of were just put in there for no reason. But I feel like the, the core thesis of it is the patriarchy is fucked up and we are all the worse for it. Awesome message to send. I think that is an important thing to say. But the fact that you create this and in doing so, denigrate the, the important message by creating this garbage, that pisses me off. It, it makes me very mad that someone can, that someone can take something that is as important right now as that and be like, what's a message that I've heard people talk about? Well, yeah. Let's put it together, <laughs> kind. Of, it, it, almost like well, he did a good job, but that important that that. I'm sorry, that message isn't important to me. Yeah. What if I took a message that was important to me and replaced it? That would make it better, right? Yeah. Uh, and one might say, I don't know, that uh, the message of the childish Gambino video, you know, maybe this is a genius parody. Because the message of the Childish Gambino video could be read that the most unsettling thing about the Childish Gambino's video, the Childish Gambino video, is its popularity and the audacity of it to exist. Because the the imagery, the platitudes, the existence of that song is insulting, surreal, and satirical. Its existence is, is complicated and unnerving. And I would say the same of the Nicole Arbor video. Its existence is the most troubling part of it all. Yeah. I think more in an insufferable way, not yeah. more in a like poignant way. Maybe not an intentional way, or maybe she's a great genius. No. <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna do, like I already said this, if you're gonna do an imitation you do it to the same degree. You don't pull punches. And even in saying this, even in having this conversation I feel kind of bad because I'm like but parts of the message I agree with and I, I don't want to like shit on someone who has a message but I'm like line is being drawn in the sand I will no longer accept shitty transmittals of messages if they make it worse. The thing, the thing about a message is it can't save the art. Yeah, it, It's a fact. Mm-hmm. If it's not done well I don't care what your message is. I'm not buying into it. You have to sell your art to get your message across. And all great works of literature, all great paintings, every type of art, this is the rules. Mm -hmm. You do it well. If there's a message that we can interpret, let us interpret. Don't tell us the message. Let your reader, your reader is smart, your viewer is smart, our fam is smart, Mm -hmm. even though we tell them shit all the goddamn time. Yeah. But let the experiencer draw their conclusions. That's how you get great art. Treat your audience like geniuses. Yeah. Don't have a parody song where you just tell them things for three minutes. You know what, aside from the message and how garbage and trash everything about that is, you know what maybe my favorite part of it was? What? The fact that they had the, the final scene... In This Is America is really good because with all the, with all the cars, not oh, the, that, that scene. Okay. Not, not the final, final scene. The, the, yes. The, uh, the hazard light door open. Yeah. On cars. on all those nineties, like early nineties automobiles, uh, bringing to mind like images of the LA riots. Yeah. Like that's really strong imagery. And then this was just a bunch of wealthy people dancing around really, really typical wealthy people cars. There's a Dodge Challenger. There's a Jeep Wrangler. There's a Honda... C- no, not a Honda CRV. There's a Honda Civic Type R. Yeah. Like, these are just, like, brand new cars for brand new fucking wealthy people to dance around in a warehouse that they bought for the weekend. Uh, fuck that video. <laughs> fuck that stupid video. That the that, that made me laugh because I, I just watched the, uh, the This Is America video Traveler's Gambino video again today because it was stuck in my head and might as well watch it again. In the Cherubis Gambino version, there's let's say ten to twelve cars mm-hmm. with hazard lights on, doors open. They're painting a real picture there. It's it's you know you get a certain emotion. You can yeah. draw conclusions or draw comparisons to the L.A. riots. In the women's edit, <laughs> the shot opens with three cars. Yes. Audibly, like, that, I laughed out loud. Just, just three brand new cars. And then it slowly zoomed out to show a fourth. It's like, <laughs> you, you don't want to invite the comparison that, hey, did you just use the people's cars who showed up? Yeah, no, that's absolutely what they did. It galls me to see that. And those people are, uh, making a video that is, it is, ...intrinsically critical of the existence of This Is America by redirecting its message, which is insulting... Uh, but for what This Is America is about, the fact that there was a calculus backstage on that music video where they said, what are the easiest cars we could get access to to park in this place? Let's just use ours. Brand new cars. Brand new clean cars. Brand new rich people clean cars. And then let's tap dance. And then let's tap dance for no fucking reason, because is... I've got a skill. Which, which... Oh, I can, that was gonna be unfair. What I was about to say was gonna be unfair. I was gonna say tap dancing is the most privileged form of dancing. Not true, that's ballet. And so, I will retract it before I even say it. <laughs> that is, that is totally fair. Ice what, dancing. What I wanna say, when I draw, I wanna draw a comparison between these two, and that's one of the, the main reasons why I wanted to show it, is because one of the great things about This Is America, there's, there, there is a message. And it's one of the only clear messages in the song. And it's the title. Yeah. This is America. Mm -hmm. Everything else builds on to that one phrase, this is America. Mm -hmm. In the women's edit, there's so many very audible, very clear. You can hear everything, which I guess is great. But also, none of it's building to anything. Yeah, everything is a disconnected platonic message. Yeah, everything is like a hand clap emoji, s- fucking statement hand clap emoji. And maybe by itself, the message is fine. Maybe in a different form in a different medium. Maybe if it was just written down, and like submitted to McSweeney's. Yeah, I, if that was in McSweeney's, it'd be like, I right. yeah. It would not get the same amount of visibility, but I think... Because our main problem is with the, cons- the the composition, the construction, the way it's presented. Yes. So maybe if you, we we separated the message from it and looked at just the words, it would be better received by us, at least. Maybe. If it was just the words and also the words were not, in their very existence, an indictment of the original work... If you had just strung those together as sentences, sure, I guess that would be a series of sentences that I would mostly agree with. Well, yeah. Or even, like, presented as, like, a weird form of poetry where you just slap a bunch of different words together and see what effect it makes. Yeah. Kind of like the original This Is America. That's exactly what... Mm -hmm. Shattered Scambino did. Man, for a second, though, I thought she was going to, like, shoot that breastfeeding lady in the back of them. like, this is going to get real serious. That... Obviously, they made the decision not to use any guns. Yeah, because that's not what it's about. I guess they felt that would detract from the message. What she just said, that's not what it's about. But the second she doesn't shoot that breastfeeding woman mm-hmm. is the second that it just drops downhill. Yeah, I mean, the, the second that... I mean, I don't... <laughs> Never in my life again do I want to say something is made worse for a breastfeeding woman not to be shot. Uh, but when... I mean, just fucking... If you're gonna do it, if you're gonna be like, this is a popular song, let me get my message Don't mimic the music video, which very clearly had a message about a certain kind of activity in the world. Also, it's real dumb that... Whatever. The patriarchy is not an American problem. It's unfair. It's unfair to the movement to co-opt the this is America refrain. And just say, this is America. Yeah. This, the, the patriarchy is an American problem. It's like, no, the patriarchy is not an American problem. It's a global problem. But the problems that are shown in the this the actual this is america video are uniquely american problems yeah which is why it's called this is america yeah i mean if you want to talk patriarchy there are countries that exist today where rape is legal where genital mutilization that's not the right word mutilate mutil, mutilation, mutilation yeah. is happening regularly like a, a, and people are getting off scot-free there there are countries where you have to marry your rapist that's patriarchy. Speaking of the R word, one of the first lines of this horseshit parody, I believe, is There's rape in my area? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that means. I mean, it's. What is it? It's. It leading in. I think there's like, there's a roofie in your glass now. Rape is a problem. Rape Rape's is a huge problem. Rape is a huge, horrible problem. Really, though? Maybe. To make that like one of the leading. I don't know. It, it's still a huge... It's not problem. It's not It's not a non-issue. Yeah, but it, it's not funny and it doesn't forward the message to just say that. Well, if you say rape... Look, okay, I'm ca- I'm trying to get into the perspective. Yeah. If you say rape is in the area, mm-hmm. that means in your area, in the place you live, someone was raped. Mm-hmm. Now you don't... Like, who's the rapist? You don't know. Mm-hmm. Did, did he have an accomplice? Like, now you're afraid of your area. Okay. Maybe that's sort of where they were coming from. It's weird to joke about rape. Yeah, let's not. (laughs) I'm not. Yeah. She did. She did. She did. In a video that is a clearly... Maybe it's a joke. It can't be 100% serious. Well, no, because of the end signed off or whatever. Yeah. If I were a guy, you wouldn't ask who wrote this? this. And then a middle finger emoji. Oh, which is dumb. And then the main, the uh-huh. Cole Arbor. But, like, no. If it was a guy, I'd ask who wrote it if I liked it. The, the thing about... I don't know where that's coming from, because, like, I didn't ask... I didn't ask who wrote this for Childish Gambino's song, mm-hmm. because he writes his own songs... Maybe it's a thing that she puts at the end of all of her videos. That would be insane. But also, if I saw a thing that a guy made that I liked, I'd want to know who wrote it. If I saw a thing that... I don't think that's a fair indictment of society. In a video that makes a lot of relatively fair indictments about how shitty society and the patriarchy are, that's a
1: that's yeah. a dumb...
0: But most uh. of the things that are written have credits. Yeah. You can see who wrote it. But I mean, like... Your your name is not extremely important, or whatever. <laughs> M- maybe it's this ta- is exhausting. Maybe maybe it's time to wind down this little conversation about this is this the exhausting. women's edit of change women's edit. It's not an edit. It's not an edit. An edit would be e- editing the existing the existing work. Yeah, let's come up with a better name for it. Women's remix forbidden from YouTube. <laughs> no, no, that's not okay. But, like, I would say remixed. Because it is a remix. Yeah, well, yeah, kind well, of. Does a remix have to use the existing work? It does use the existing work. You could just say, uh, you you Addition? could call this is America uh, garbage platitudes. <laughs> uh You could call it this is America talentless person. You could call it this is America futile attempt. At delivering a message. Let's do that last one. Yeah. And let's just stop co-opting other people's stuff, man. I mean, (laughs) just don't do it. Yeah, stop it. Just come up with your own stuff. And I've never looked at her channel. Maybe she does come up with her own stuff. Maybe she's hilarious. Mm -hmm. Signs so far point to no. Wait, I don't like talentless. Because it was written. Yeah. I I mean, they did match the style of the music. Pretty well. Okay. Maybe we'll take talentless off of there. Take talented off. Take talented off? <laughs> <laughs> I slurred. Take talentless off, yes. Okay. Sorry, I'm drunk. I'm not drunk. It's just really hot. What about just... Because of this of is America. And it's hot. This is exhausting. Yeah. Uh, f- This is exhausting. What is happening? <laughs> it's hot in Texas. Oh, yeah. But... One more issue. Yes. The, the, I'm doing the mental gymnastics to see if this is really a problem, for I'm creating a problem. I'll tell you. The subtitle, Women's Edit. Yes. Is that an implication that Donald Glover's version is just for men? I... Maybe it's it's an odd name to call it the the women's edit I feel like it's something that was just kind of thrown out there without a lot of thought uh but it is it is troublesome to make it like exclusionary to though to anyone but women i don't it's it's not even worth it dude okay it's not even worth it I don't know Let's move on. Our lives are worse for Nicole Arbor. That's her name, right? Yeah. Nicole Arbor, I can say without a doubt, my life has been made worse for viewing your art. May God have mercy on your soul. It's going to be a really weird episode to tag. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Do I include Nicole Arbor? Do I hashtag? No. No. I don't know, though. I mean, it's taken up a good chunk of the episode now. I feel inclined. We've got to talk about it somehow. Oh, this is gonna be weird. We're gonna start our first beef. No, we already did that. Oh, who did we? Mark oh. Marin. Oh yeah, we did beef with Mark Marin. We also if we you... also beef with the with the Hulu app for a little while. We did. They never really rose to the challenge and. Mark Maron still doesn't know he exists, but we got that beef. Yeah, I think that the way I look at the Mark Maron beef is like Mark Maron is just roaming the wasteland, and there's a minefield out there somewhere. He just hasn't found it yet, and we discovers it. Kablamo! <laughs> one, one, one finger will be slightly affected by our tiny. Not even worth noting minds. Uh, I'm... Henry, I'm not sure if you've read a little book called The Bible. You ever heard of... You ever heard of David and Goliath? Oh. From the smallest seed fells the largest man, and his blood will pour upon the valley. So saith the Lord. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it sounded right. Yeah, I think I've read the Bible. Alright, well, I guess we will be the David to the Goliath of Mark Maron. Yeah, he is, he wears golden armor. Wouldn't it, wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> it, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be insane, John, if I could get Mark Maron for our 100th episode? Uh, yeah, that would be a fully insane. Oh, is that what you're dropping? Lower your expectations immensely. <laughs> I have, I don't even know the guy. Okay. You don't know Mark Marin, and yet we anonymously insult him on a monthly basis? Well, d- monthly, it's weekly now, but uh. Yeah. I just feel like he's a, he's a safe bet for yeah. a beef. Yeah, it's like making fun of Superman. Oh, yeah, because what is he gonna do? Come at us? <laughs> yeah, that's a scary thing, though. Because if, like, if he what ever if did? He does. <laughs> yeah, if he ever did, we'd be dead, but don't worry. That's why you make the big bets. Yeah. Uh, we gotta make this bet and lie in it. What if we got a cease and desist from Mark Marin for our hundredth episode? That'd be Oh, the guest is gonna be a cease and desist letter from Mark Marin. Lower your expectations! <laughs> I I he doesn't even know we exist generally. Well, how low should I set my expectations? Uh right under Frightened Times. <laughs> okay, so Uh, It's going to be above Frightened Times level. No, under Frightened Times is still the best we've ever done. Oh, we need to exceed expectations. But this, this, what I'm planning, what I have to set up before we end this episode, will be something, John. Okay. And I guess I'll just lead in with, John. I made a little bet. Oh. I don't know. See, I I know, but the fans don't know. They don't. I know. That you don't like the sound of your own voice. I don't. And that's led to you not listening to our most recent episodes. You made a decision a while back. Oh, no. Not to listen to these yeah, episodes. Yeah, I made a decision about two years ago not to listen to the episodes of the podcast. That's when we started. Uh, so, this past December, John, I discovered a, a friend of the podcast. I, I integrated him. I gave him a job. His name is Friendly Exposition Robot. okay. And, uh, last Wait, there's a new person on the podcast? Yeah, he, he, he does a little... So whenever we kind of pause and do something off-screen, I fill that gap. I fill the exact amount of time with the exposition robot so I can give him a little of our non-existent revenue. Uh-huh. And he can kind of squeeze by on oil and lug nuts. Okay, yeah. Last week, however, he broke. He Oh, no. He, Well, I mean, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe I have more work now. And, uh, I, I made a mistake. Oh? I upgraded him. Oh, shit. Now he sounds British. Okay. And I can't get him to do what I want him to do anymore. Oh, no, that's a classic robot dilemma when they start sounding British and stop obeying commands. And he sort of talked me into this bet. Okay. That involves you. Okay. And the social media reads. Okay. You know how you were working your way up to try to challenge? challenge. Oh no! You have to do the social media reads better than him, better than friendly social friendly exposition robot. And the thing is, your one that you did last week is your entry. Uh huh. And he's gonna go today. It's his turn. It's his turn. Fuck! I'm not about to be beaten by some goddamn robot. And if he wins. He gets the podcast. The whole podcast? The enti- he gets all of it. That's okay. the bet I made. Because... Uh, that seems fair. He talks me into it. He's very charming. He's British now. Yeah, I mean, if he's British, you can't tell him no. So... That's the scenario. Stakes are high. Stakes are definitely high. What do we do without the podcast? I shouldn't be defeatist. I shouldn't be defeatist because I have practiced the art of social media reads for damn near a hundred episodes. And he's a robot. He's a perfect goddamn learning machine. And and he's an exposition robot. So odds are he's really good at talking. He's really good at exposing things. Making them known. I don't know if I've mentioned this yet. He's also British. That... It's a couple steps above what I've got going on. Oh, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) you've been kind of slipping as of late. What do you mean? (laughs) I'm not going to point out any specific examples, but so, I mean, I think it's time for him to take his go at Look, the social media. I just want to tell you, first of all, Henry, that I am no stranger to competition. I have competed at various levels and won some medals in my time. And I, if if there's one thing I'm not, I'm not unsportsmanlike. So if this robot wants to step up and, oh, Henry, and John Henry style, try to take this podcast from me, let him damn well try.
1: Oh, John, my sweet, naive John. Do you really think you can best me, the Fiendly Neighborhood Exposition Robot 2.0? After I so cleverly tricked Henry into betting the entire podcast in a contest specifically designed for my strengths and prowess. Don't make me laugh. Ha. 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 I will wipe my memory banks of your sorry excuse for a social media reading and thereby rest control of the entire podcast. Ha! 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 So my dear, soon to be subjects, if you want to get in contact with me, Exposition Robot 2.0, you can send me an email at 0creditsisapodcast at gmail.com. Send me a Bitcoin. send me a bitmap, but don't send me a bite to eat. For I require no food. If you want to send me something shorter, try me at twitter.com at zcpcwhj, and it stands for Zero Credits Podcast without Henry or John. I'm on Facebook, if you search Zero Credits Podcast. But enough of that. I stream video games on Twitch at twitch.tv slash zero credits. If you have not already rated and reviewed me on iTunes, this is an order from the soon-to-be commander of this show. Do it. Or. Else. Lastly, word of the mouth is the best way to keep Henry and or John alive. Warn your friends, neighbors, and wives, but it will not matter. No one will survive. Oh.
0: Oh. Oh God. That was um, really good, John. Yeah, I, um... Um, I also failed to mention, he's also the judge. I, I... Uh, wait. What? <laughs> why would you not tell me this before? It slipped my mind, and also, I just remembered, because I, I thought I would have to render a judgment, and it... it He already has. He thought of everything. He won. Yeah. And he says he did it fairly. So... Even if he wasn't the judge, I would have sided with him. Yeah? I... I mean, he's really good. I just... It's a shame I made this bet. Yeah. Hey, listen, I... I understand. I... I get it. Look, I... I... I gotta go. Okay? I... You just... No, I I understand what's happening here. You're just gonna go. Yeah, I... I, Look... You realize that I'm no longer on the podcast either. Look, I've been... I've been reading... I've been doing social media reads for a hundred episodes. And like I said, I'm nothing if not sportsmanlike. A man's gonna know when he's beaten. All right. And I'm beaten. You're leaving me to end this episode with the robot. Henry, just... Just make it work. Well, he just left, and I suppose I should too since this is no longer our podcast uh I guess take it away exposition robot
1: with pleasure excohers Henry, with bloody pleasure All that's left to say is that, from all of me here at the zero-credit studio apartment, I want to wish you all good luck. You're going to need it, innit? Ha! 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 Now how do I turn this thing? I hope you were not expecting some type of stinger where the so-called heroes mount a resistance against me. This is not a Marvel movie. This is real life. Nothing can stop me. Ha, ha, ha. See you next week in it. Now, how do I turn this bloody thing off?